Nothing in progress. From the mouth breathers to the idiots, from TV to print, this is the Entitled Podcast Network, and this is Entitled Weekend. And welcome to Entitled Weekend on a weekday. It's a very special edition of Entitled Weekend. Uh, we haven't done a podcast in quite a while, but we figured, well, your, your producer is playing Hurt right now. I'm very sick. So if I sound like I have uh, 50 dolphins stuck up my throat, then that's probably why. But uh, I'm still here. We've got Bill here and Marcus here. And guys, we've missed a lot. But what really, this entire uh, month plus span that we haven't done a podcast it's pretty much been the same i would say the same type of topics that that have that we talked about the last time with me and bill about this team and bill belichick and mac jones and all of that so i don't want to rehash all of the prospects and we'll, we'll talk but we'll talk about uh bill belichick later but the coverage has been it, it, it's got awful as it always is but what I've taken from this is the I, I believe that the media just is not ready. They're not ready. And even though they're trying to make it seem as though they're ready, they're trying to convince us. They're, they're going really hard. And, and every, every, you know, from Andrew Callahan, to his bald self. And, you know, he, he's trying to, he's, everyone's trying to make themselves believe that there will be, there will be sunshine and rainbows without Bill Belichick. But, as soon as he goes to whatever team he goes to, they're going to want to cover him. It's 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 going to be it's going to be something interesting to watch. So, Mark, what do you think about the fact that the media just again they don't know exactly what they're rooting for, even though they like to claim that they know. I think it's a I think way to sum it up. Sum it up. Um, the. Like the, the media, especially, you know, locally for the longest time, they have been trying aimlessly to take their shots at Bill Belichick because he doesn't answer their questions. Uh, you know, he doesn't, uh, you know, respond to their bait. Uh, he's grumpy. He doesn't give them amazing sound bites. And for the longest time, they did this with, the, you know, their fist clenched because the team was winning. So now because the team isn't winning anymore and unsurprisingly, Bill Belichick's behavior, demeanor has not changed. He's still operating the same way he always has. Now they're using it as an opportunity to, to victory lap, not realizing, as you said, that they don't exactly know what they're rooting for. Uh, it's clear that some change is going to have to come in, in New England after this season. You know, they are they're heading towards a top five pick, possibly even top two or three. Uh, the product in the field right now is not good. But this, this like obsession with the fact that, oh, we finally got one over on Bill Belichick because after 24 years, for the first time in 24, well, 23, because the first season he was here was a bad product. But for the first time in 23 years, they finally have a bad product on the field under his watch. They're, they're peacocking around, they're victory lapping. And on top of that, they're making stuff up. 
This, this whole uh, they're talking about how uh, well, Bill Belichick's likely to be traded to uh, the Chargers or the the Commanders. I mean, <clears throat> both local and national media are making stuff up because that's not something that the, that the Kraft family would leak out. I know the, the, the Kraft family uh, they they do uh, like like to get their sound bites in. Uh, you know, uh, Robert definitely likes to hear himself talk, but they're not dumb people. They're, they're good business people and leaking out there that, oh, yeah, we might try and, and trade Bill Belichick in the offseason. It, it doesn't make sense to me. So you have a lot of media members right now who are basically rumor mongering and making stuff up. We know that the local media likes to do this, either making stuff up directly or falling for Twitter DMs or uh, emails. Uh, it's not the, the, the brightest group. So I find the whole situation weird because, again, I don't care if you criticize the product in the field. I don't care if you criticize the coaching staff, even though this coaching staff is, is accomplished, but have it be fair. All right. Criticize what's actually happening. Don't write this weird fan fiction. Don't make it personal. And that's what the media in this market does. They make it personal. They don't like Bill Belichick. They don't like uh, you know, the way that he handles himself in press conferences. So they're taking this opportunity to 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 do a human victory lap it's very weird i i i very turned off by the whole thing the only thing i'll slightly um part ways with you on mark is that the crafts especially over the last few years and but especially over the last few months they haven't proven themselves to me they haven't proven themselves to be very uh they're not very uh, supportive and i understand it's a bad season but the fact that that man who is sitting in your office has given you has is almost halfway responsible for your entire franchise having whatever every every advancement it's made patriot place and you know the hall of fame that entire facility bill belichick is part of the reason why and you're just going to let you're just going to just let them browbeat and say whatever they want and again like it was said on the uh, mothership podcast it's you're you're signing off on it you're signing contracts long-term contracts with these radio stations who are just beating the blank off of him verbally and you're not coming out and saying no this is bullshit that we we support this coach it's a bad season yes it is but we know that he can write to write the ship and the fact that they haven't come out and said anything regarding that has really got me on edge and i i'm not i'm not a fan of that but mark what you said about um <laughs> the fan fiction is true it's i've read animes that are better written than some of the stuff i've seen you, you know yu yu Hakusho was way better than this it, it's it's unbelievable the stuff they come up with in their minds that they want to believe they they make it up in their minds they want to believe it and then they put it out there for the like we say in the intro, the mouth breathers and the idiots to spoon feed themselves and bathe themselves in and make them believe it. Bill, what do you think about the media and their wish casting over Bill Belichick? Well, their wish casting is exactly what they don't, what they celebrate about guys like Dan Campbell. It's Dan Campbell was the same guy he is now while the Lions are eight and two that he was when the Lions were, you know, one in 15 or whatever the record was. They And they were like, oh, he stuck to his guns. He was who he said he would be. 
And Bill Belichick has just been who he's always been. And they're like, why hasn't he completely changed his identity now that the team is bad? It's this foolishness that they expect something of Bill Belichick that no human does. And they expect it to kowtow to what their demands are. And that the, 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 you know, celebratory touchdown dances about it from the media are next to level stupid. Cause, and we talked about it on the last pod, pod check. It's dancing on their own graves. It, it really is. The, I mean, we saw recently the audacity stock, the audacity, the odyssey stock numbers. That's a Freudian slip if I've ever heard one. Uh, but that stock price has plummeted, that the numbers are not doing well for EEI. And you're seeing continuing shuffling of the deck chairs on the Titanic time and time again over at EEI. They are in trouble. And eventually, there's going to be half the jobs. And that's going to be on them. But I don't understand this, the, the touchdown dance and the wish casting and, you know, celebrating Bill Belichick, like, like celebrating this, like it's some demerit to Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is still going to go down on the Mount Rushmore of coaches. And I don't care who, who you are, you should have him on the Mount Rushmore. I mean, you can make arguments I disagree with for a couple of guys, but Bill Belichick is on that Mount and you can't make a case otherwise. Um, Shaq, one thing I want to hit on as well when you're talking about the craft, I think one thing that we should keep in perspective that's unique about this year is the crafts have pushed back on a couple of things, but they haven't pushed back when it's been about Belichick. They pushed back on the Mac Jones, you know, a 98-5 contest or whatever it was, where it was like, Mac Jones sucks to enter our contest now, which like, good, they should. But also at a certain point, you should be protecting the legacy of the coach that has led you to six Super Bowl wins. Somebody who's an eight-time Super Bowl champion has a defensive game plan in the Hall of Fame. Like, you should have some level of defense and reverence for him. And, you know, it, it's at, at a certain point, you ask what Stacey James does for a job. Because this is the stuff that Stacey James should be addressing. And you know, we talked about it even when the team was being really successful, that it was like, when does Stacey James step in? The answer is fucking never, apparently. And only when it's about a player who likely isn't on the roster next year. And that's no disrespect to Mac. It's just the way the season has gone. It's very likely they go in a different direction next season. I hope Mac is successful somewhere else. But the idea that you need to protect him from a media he's not going to be likely dealing with next year rather than defending the most historic coach in the history of your franchise, one of the top four coaches in the history of the NFL, one of the winningest coaches in the history of the NFL is absolutely insane to me. And so I, I look at that as a real miss by, you know, the, the craft group on whole, I look at it as a miss by Stacey James. Like there's, there's a fair criticism that can be had here, but some of the, some of the uh, conversation has just gone vastly too far in the opposite direction and gone to blatant disrespect of Bill, Bill Belichick and to the point where it, it, it just, it diminishes what the team has accomplished and diminishes the accomplishments of other coaches on that staff over the past 20 years, other players over the past 20 years, because they're just letting everything go by the wayside while they're also bringing Tom back and doing all these things to celebrate Tom. And that dichotomy leads to the people who, you know, have a couple of brain cells to rub together and go, oh, if it's one or the other, it's Tom. It's never been one or the other. It's always been both. People with brains know this, but they, we, we can't trust for, for a lot of people to have brains nowadays.
So here we are. It, it's just, it's infuriating as a fan to see. And it's a, a real shame that the, the PR arm of the Patriots is too cowardly to take a stand on some of this. Yeah. And you bring up a great point, Bill, about um, Brady and, you know, this, the whole ceremony at halftime in that game. And now, you know, there's going to be the hall of fame ceremony on 6, 12, 24. It, it's who do you think? Okay. Hypothetical. Bill Belichick is fired in the off season. He's still going to have to, I mean, do, do you not think that Brady's going to want Bill Belichick at his Patriots hall of fame induction? Like it just, it, my, it's mind-boggling. So it, it 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 it's almost confusing to me how how people who are can even connect some people who are connected and people who are not are not follow you know they're not connecting the dots they're not following the straight line of logic it makes no sense and Bill going to another point that you made about Odyssey um this this brings up an interesting uh tweet that uh, Andy Hart, uh, Andy Fart, you know, he of the Lollipop Guild, uh, he says he's talking, in his tweet, he's talking about Brandon Staley, and he's, of course, criticizing the way Brandon Staley is answering a question, and because, you know, that's what media does. They criticize everything, but once you criticize them, you know, that that's that's sacred cows. But, you know, the, uh, our buddy Ironhead, um, you know, kind of rubs rubs him a little bit, and of course he can't handle it. He, he, but the point is that this podcast and the Mothership podcast, we're doing this on our free time on uh, as a hobby. But those people are, and by the way, it. And I I tweeted this out. I said their future is closer than they think. So again, the train's coming. They just can't see it, and or maybe they don't want to see it. Because um, just earlier this year, Odyssey had a layoff. They laid off their entire Milwaukee sports station. The entire place was gutted. So they, if they think that they, that can't happen to them, they're either arrogant, they're full of ego, and I guess check boxes on both of those. So they, they'll continue to spike the football as far as Bill Belichick is concerned, and we'll continue to make fun of them because at the end of the day <laughs> they're going to be the ones in trouble so um now let's move on to uh something that i, I oh also now let's go back to um bill belichick and the prospects of him possibly being fired because um and the mothership brought brought up a tweet that i made and i don't know how you guys feel about it but if that does happen i'm going to be very well, first of all, I'm going to be very, very upset. I don't think it's going to happen, but I don't have the 100% confidence that it won't. And again, that's because of Robert Kraft. And <clears throat> I'm wondering what you guys think about this. So, Bill, you go first. Sure. So, I don't think Bill Belichick is getting fired. I don't. Um, do I think that it's possible that at the end of the season they have a conversation? And Bill Belichick doesn't want to do a rebuild at 72 years old. They might get, they might discuss the possibility of being traded somewhere with a with a more ready roster. Sure, I have no ill will towards anybody doing that. I wouldn't feel bad about Bill doing that. I wouldn't feel bad about the Kraft sending Bill somewhere he wanted to go for the last couple of years of his career. 
win-win for everybody. If they went out there and actually fired Bill Belichick, rather, I mean, it's a miss on so many levels. We don't have a ton of details on his contract, so it's hard to always know. But it sounds like his contract was up after this season. If they were on, if they were really that on the fence about Bill Belichick, why are you signing him to some multi-year, big dollar extension, even two years? Because you got to think big money at this point is. I think it was reported back in like 2012 he was making 20 million dollars a year. So you've got to think it's gone up since then. Even if you're talking 25 to 30 million dollars, you're putting 60 million dollars up there to fire the guy at the end of the season. That doesn't make sense. So it's a miss fiscally. Not that I care about that, but it is. It's a miss legacy-wise, where you could let him retire if he wants to retire. You could let him play out the string. I understand people don't want that to happen because you wouldn't have wanted it to happen with Brady if you were 46, 47, and the wheels were falling off. Nobody wanted to see somebody play till they're not good anymore. We saw it with Manning. We saw it with Favre. It's hard to watch those things occur. Um, But if you, you know, you could let that happen with Belichick. It would be a better PR move than firing him because all that does is put a level of resentment and a, a cloud over the relationship you had with him for 20 years. I don't particularly care if they like each other. The idea that we are in a place where, you know, people are like, but do they like each other is so stupid. I don't care if I like the people I work with. I'm very fortunate. I do. But like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if I like them or not. It matters if the job gets done and if I'm the right person for my job and they're the right person for theirs. That's the whole thing. Kraft shouldn't be making these decisions off who he likes and doesn't like. And I don't think he has to this point. And if he starts making the decisions that way now, then he should not be picking the next head coach. Like that's if, – if they're starting to make their decisions – with their feelings as opposed to strictly football and success oriented mind frame, we're in big trouble as Patriots fans and people can want every, you know, like, listen, I, I'm the first to acknowledge I was wrong. And I mentioned him earlier. I was wrong on Dan Campbell. I was like, he's a big rah-rah guy. I was too. Yep. Good on him. I am the first person to admit when I'm wrong, because you know what? Good on that guy. He's made a, he's made a hell of a team out there in Detroit. And I'm, I'm rooting for that team because they've, they've looked real good all year. But it's, you know, it's this thing where it's, I don't want them to pick a guy just because he's good with media or friendly or, you know, or Vrabel because he's like a a popular name in the, in the media sphere right now. No disrespect to Vrabel. He should be a head coach. He's a good head coach. But the fact he's been like three and 14 in the last 17 games is not something I'm saying, oh, well, sign me up to like trade a first round pick for that guy. That doesn't make any sense. So I'd really like to see some logic and sound decision-making there. But at the end of the day, they're not, they are not firing Bill Belichick. They're going to let him retire on his own terms or they're going to trade him. And whichever way it goes, he's going to be involved in that decision. Because if, even if they hate each other, even if they were at that point, which I don't think they are. I think everything is overstated as is usual in the media. But even if they hated each other, they both respect the legacy of one another. Kraft knows his legacy is forever tied to Bill Belichick. And Bill Belichick knows his legacy is forever tied to the Patriots. They're going to do business right by one another. And they're going to come to a solution that allows for everybody to step back amicably if they are choosing to step back at the end of the season.
Mark, um, I made it pretty clear that whatever team Bill Belichick goes to, you know, and I don't care if it's the Jets, if it's the Steelers, whatever, if the unthinkable happens and he goes to another team, I'm rooting for that team. And I, I don't care where it is. And I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but that that's how much it would really irk me if that happened. So where do you stand on it, Mark? So I'm really glad that we brought this up and and Bill touched on pretty much everything that I wanted to uh to to touch on. I, I'm in, in full agreement with him. The odds of Bill Belichick, the odds of us waking up the the day after week 18, after a game against the Jets, and seeing the news that the Patriots have uh have decided to 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 let Bill Belichick go are point zero 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 one percent. Like maybe there's a universe out there in the uh, in the in the vast multiverse that it, that it happens. The odds are so. almost completely zero. Um, they and this ties back to what we were talking about in the first segment because it's what the media wants. The media has made this personal, and it, the last several weeks, even like you you've seen it. There are media members speculating: Could this be the end for Bill Belichick after the loss to Miami? Could this be it for Bill Belichick after the loss to Washington? Uh, are they going to leave Bill Belichick in uh, a foreign country after the loss to the Colts? Are they, are they even going to let him board the team plane back? They're speculating, and they want this public firing. They want him to be like publicly flogged in the town square. They want Robert Kraft to parade around Gillette Stadium with his head on a stake. Like that's what they're rooting for. They want it to happen. Even though if they stopped using emotion and just use their heads, they would realize it's not going to happen. There is no benefit to firing Bill Belichick between now and, and week 18, nor is there logic to firing him outright afterwards. Like Bill said, if the team, you know, after what is you know going to be a season that nets them a top three or four pick, uh, if they have a conversation and it comes to the point where, because I, I referenced uh, when I was talking back in our first segment that uh, changes need to be made in the offseason, those changes revolve around the offensive side of the ball because Bill Belichick can still put a, even in its current state, a defense that is good enough to win you every game that they play in. I mean, last game they gave up 10 points, despite who was out on defense. Bill Belichick can still coach the hell out of a defense. Uh, he can still build a defense. The issues right now are in the offensive side of the football. That's not, I don't think I'm breaking any news there. Uh, it's very obvious. Uh, they need to make some changes philosophically with what they do offensively that maybe uh, Bill Belichick would not have done in the past. And when the season comes to an end and the Crafts uh, and, and Bill Belichick and, and whoever's in, in that decision-making process sit down and the and Bill Belichick's not fully on board with what they want to do to rebuild this offense, whether he doesn't want to, uh, you know, draft a quarterback two or three, uh, whether he, uh, you know, he doesn't want to, uh, you know, spend some valuable cap space on, uh, on, you know, some, some more premier weapons, which is, you know, obviously been a point of contention among Patriots fans. Um, if they're not in complete lockstep, then yeah, I could see a scenario in which they say, okay, you know, do you, are there other teams that interest you? Like Bill said is, you know, of course, right now the media is running with Washington because, you know, they like to make the flimsiest connections and Bill Belichick is from you know, Maryland, uh, the Maryland area. So they're like, Oh, well that's perfect spot for him. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I, now they, and now they have a reason to with Ron Rivera and all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, what that team could be or if Bill Belichick would even be interested in it, but 
if he is interested in continuing to coach, I could see them working something out where, you know, okay, let's, let's see if we can, uh, let's see if we can find a, a destination that, that, you know, is interested in bill will pay his salary. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and we can work something out. Um, I can see that that's a scenario. I could also see him just deciding to retire uh, and it being, you know, framed as his decision, even if, 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 you know, it's the, the, if it's sparked by disagreement, but in no way, shape or form, are they going to just, fire bill belichick they're not going to they have way too much respect for him and you guys brought up before like oh do they like each other they may not like each other it's it's hard to work with someone for over 20 years and be best pals all right you know uh but whether they quote unquote like each other is irrelevant they respect each other they both have the highest degree of respect for one another and robert Kraft, jonathan Kraft, they respect bill belichick far too much to try and and you know push this we forced him out angle you know if bill belichick does not continue as coach of the patriots next year it'll be framed as a mutual decision uh he'll either you know he'll, he'll either retire uh he, he will go somewhere else i i could see him going so I'll, I'll just be honest i could see him going somewhere else only because i don't think this is a man who can quit coaching football cold turkey like if the patriots uh decide that they want to go in another direction and uh and if even if Bill's not, uh, you know, like like um, you guys were mentioning before, maybe Bill doesn't want to do a, another rebuild. Uh, maybe he just wants to try and load up for it again. Uh, I could see him saying, "Well, I want to keep coaching. I'm not ready to just walk away." So maybe he's interested in coaching somewhere else. But and I'm being long winded here, so I'll wrap up with this. But again, just in no way, shape, or form are they going to say, "No, we don't want you anymore. We are letting everyone know that we are firing you." They have way too much respect for him to have it end like that. Because like you you mentioned before, Shaq, you know, 6-12-24, everyone's going to want Bill Belichick there. All right? So if you publicly fire the guy, I don't think he's showing up. You know, like he's not an unreasonable man, but I, I wouldn't want to show up if, if, if someone publicly fired me just a few months before. So whether it's, uh, you know, he does continue on as Patriots head coach, he's coaching elsewhere. Uh, and it's an amical uh, parting, or he decides to, you know, to 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 retire, which I just don't see him doing. They care about public perception. They care about uh, their relationship with Bill Belichick far too much to uh, to ever do anything like that. You have a lot more confidence in the craft than I do, Mark. So I I I just I just have the that agita, you know, and that's not not just my cold. It's it's the thought of I, it might happen because. The way they acquiesce to pressure pretty easily, it's almost mind-boggling to me. But I'm going to hope within hope that you're right and that they stand their ground and keep things moving because that's the smart move, honestly. And uh, Bill Burr, who, of course, leave it to comedians to show up uh, idiotic me idiotic media. Um, and speaking of Odyssey and the, the failing WEI, he literally says it right to, I don't know who this idiot's face. I don't know who, it's on the Dick Teeth show. So that's all I know. But um, here he is uh, just absolutely owning everyone. I end it with a sports question because I work for WEI. Patriots not doing great right now. A lot of people yeah, calling. you guys relax? So a lot of people calling for Bill's job. Oh, are they? First of all, that is such... 
cowardly journalism to say a lot of people who I answer the phones that well I guess you could say maybe it's the vocal minority but I'm telling you every day people are moron that calls in a sports talk radio yes he has eight rings he has one more than Brady that's right he shut down John Elway I'm, I'm done I'm done talking about this the run and gun greatest show on turf one three with a sixth round draft pick and then everybody then was calling Brady a systems quarterback and then they went three more and all of a sudden Brady knows everything Belichick doesn't know anything right and everybody forgets the Eagles victory and everybody says that Pete Carroll screwed up rather than that was an unbelievable coaching job by Bill Belichick and his crew to have that defense ready for that play that whole year all it was was either an incomplete pass or a touchdown until they played us Mac Jones just end it with that Mac Jones where you at with Mac Jones I think he's better looking than you Thank you, Bill. Appreciate you. Like you can't say anything more. Thank you, Bill Burr, for being exactly who you are. Because the the the, and he went on the Rich Eisen show. The mothership played that clip. He, he, I just love it when these people just can't respond, and they just can't respond to truth because all they do, all they get paid for, is spitting out lies. And once they're confronted with the truth, they they have no response. It's the best. I love it. Um, so moving on, um, we have to go back to NBC Takes Boston because um, we have a list that we'll do at the end of the show. Um, but before this, there's uh, this list of from Tom E. Curran and Mike Holly and, of course, Phil, Phil Dick. And each of them are sharing their top five reasons why the Patriots are two and eight. So I'm going to read uh, Tom Curran's first. And of course, it's all a bunch of gibberish and jumble and what you would expect. Um, it says, lack of one, lack of urgency planning, two, offensive talent evaluation, three, coaching player development, four, coaching brain drain. There goes that idiotic phrase again. And five, wasted free agent money and early draft picks. <clears throat> Nothing about injuries there, huh? Um, and then Michael Holly. What happened to you, dude? Um, one, bad drafts, free agent decisions. Two, Bill and his coaching staff. Again, all of these are, are one and the same. Uh, ownership engagement spending, which is mm, that's that's a little uh, that's a little suggestive statement there. Four, Matt Jones. Five, organization wide accountability issues, and then of course here we go with this idiot Felger. One, Belichick's decline, as if he's you know as if he doesn't have talent anymore. Two franchise spending, three offensive line, four Mac Jones, five football staff. I'm shocked that he actually said a, an, an actual issue of the team. So, wow, kudos to Mike Foger for that, for one point. But of those 15 things being mentioned, all of those are almost one in the same. So it's, again, they make things up. And again, these idiots love lists. They love making things up. So... Why don't we do this? Why don't we talk about the five reasons why the Patriots are where they are? So see if we can come up with them together. What do you think, Bill? Offensive line is obviously going to be number one and injuries. Yeah, offensive line is certainly at the top of the list um, in regards to issues there. Um, I'm going to throw out, and people are going to think it's an excuse, injuries. When you lose, you're arguably your best corner in Christian Gonzalez, who is playing incredibly well. When you lose Matt Judon, when you have a rotation at offensive line and can get no cohesive team and unit together, 
that's a problem. Mark, what do you think? So, I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. Quarterback is a huge reason they are where they are. Um, because everything that that Bill mentioned is valid. Uh, but there have been some flawed Patriots teams over the years. You know, 2011, they had one of the worst defenses I've ever seen. And when you have a quarterback, and now before anyone uh, jumps down my throat, I'm not saying that Mac Jones needs to be Tom Brady and care and carry a team to uh, you know all the way to a Super Bowl. But when you have a quarterback, and you have a quarterback who is you know in, in an upper echelon or is capable of winning you games, it covers up for a lot of you know, inconsistencies in, in other areas, whether it's bad special teams, injuries, um, you know, uh, issues on defense. When you have a quarterback who can overcome your flaws, it makes a big difference. The Patriots don't have that guy. Um, and even at max height, which sadly was his rookie season, uh, he was not someone who could overcome its flaws. Look at the the game wildcard weekend in Buffalo. That team's defense was banged up and hurting by the end of the year. And, uh, you know, he wasn't even remotely close to being able to keep them in that game. Uh, so uh, right now, the reason why they are where they are, Take last week's game, uh, you know, not uh, we were in a bye week, but the, the Germany game. I mean, Mac Jones has Mike Gesicki for a walk-in, go-ahead touchdown in the final minutes and throws a pass off his back foot in the face of, of almost no pass rush that looks like a sniper rifle took the air out of like mid-air, mid-throw. Uh, you know, there if it's not one thing, it's another thing with him. So quarterback honestly would be top of the list for me. It really would, even though there are other issues there, uh, injuries and, uh, you know, and you know, some of the issues with offensive line, when you have the right quarterback, doesn't have to be the greatest quarterback of all time, but when you have the right quarterback, it covers up a lot of flaws. And when you have a quarterback who sets you back with poor footwork, with, uh, you know, oftentimes hearing footsteps, with throwing off his back foot inexplicably, issues going past uh, his first read, you know, locking in on on, a, on his first read, uh, it really sets you back. So uh, I think that if you, even if you had a replacement level quarterback, you're looking at maybe four or five wins. You know, is this team a Super Bowl contender? No, but they'd probably be uh, exactly where the Broncos are, or maybe the Raiders uh, at this point. So quarterback really is top of the list for me. They don't have their quarterback. They need to go back to the well. I, I know that the team knows it. I, uh, like it, they have to. It's common sense. So that's really uh, you know, top for me. Yeah, I, I just can't believe the regression of Mac Jones. I just can't believe it. And from the first season, from the first season in twenty twenty one, it just something something up upstairs has has happened. Either and uh, the offensive coordinators. I've, it's it's a whole bunch of issues, but. To me, I just can't get over. I just can't get over the trenches on both sides because yes, injuries, but the offensive line to me is just. I mean, when you consider that we talked about, me and Bill talked about this on our last pod about David Andrews possibly, you know, he is long in the tooth and possibly maybe contemplating retirement. I mean, you have the the left guard. I mean, can't really not 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 really a good pass protector hurts and. The left tackle, who you know, basically I don't know what I don't know what's happened. He's absent, basically quit. Right guard, 
not good at pass protection too. Right tackle shows potential. So, I mean, it's just it, they need a overhaul on the trenches on both sides, I think. So, um, it, it, so that just goes to show you, you can dig deeper into the lists without just mentioning, oh, you don't spend enough. Oh, you don't, oh, you don't draft well enough. It's yeah. Okay. That, that, those are just the, the simpleton reasons for why you suck. <laughs> and Shaq, I'd just add that like, it's a moment of self-awareness, I think, for all of us when we saw Mac in his rookie year and Pro Bowl looked good, all of this. We have to remember what the name of this podcast is. We had Tom Brady for 20 years. And over those 20 years, we had the opportunity to draft some backup quarterbacks who had a level of success. And so we saw Jimmy Garoppolo with some relative success. Um, Jacoby Brissett with some relative success. Matt Castle with some relative success. You know, you're not talking about like, Jimmy Garoppolo started Super Bowls, but he wasn't a Super Bowl champion quarterback. Um, but you saw some levels of success there. So we just, between those hits and Brady over 20 years, we felt very confident that like, oh, when they identify that guy who they're going to draft in the first round or draft to replace Brady, like when he's the guy where they're going to know and it's going to it's going to be good. It's going to be, you know, um, far to Rogers. It's going to be you know, uh, Montana to young, but it's not that easy. It's, it's a, that is the hardest position to evaluate in sports as, as the manager of a team sport, that is the hardest position to understand because so much of it is between the ears and you'll never know until they are playing the game at the speed it is played at that level. If they can process the information, be resilient when they need to be and have the right, pieces alongside it's just it's so challenging and so we were entitled to 20 great years and now here we are where it's taking a little time to identify that next quarterback or that next you know or the next really strong team and people are up in arms and want to you know disband the you know disband the franchise tear it to the ground burn it to the ground and start over and it's it's just it's the silliest overreaction that that you can imagine but it was anticipated we knew this day would come and we're here and the reactions are what we expected them to be exactly so we have a a voicemail the first ever voicemail for entitled weekend um, it's from somebody named Mike in West Seattle. Don't know who he is, but we'll play it anyway. First time, long time, guys. Love the show. Um, I had a question for you. Which Boston sports media getting their pink slip would make you the happiest? My answer is always Finley on Jonesy. But the little engine that couldn't notice Andy Hart, he is rocketing up the chart. Who's yours? Go first, Bill. Oh, God. What a... What what a what a question, you know what a question. Who of the people that call a bunch of NFL professional athletes grocery baggers and gas pumpers in August getting their pink slip would delight me the most. Uh, I mean, I don't want to steal from Mike in West Seattle. Um, you know, obviously a really intelligent question from a first time caller, um, but. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say Adam Jones because I can say this about most of them. Most of them have crafted their own special negative identity that you hate them for their own reason. Adam Jones 
is the store brand Felger. And I, like, I can at least admire the art of like creating your own douchebag persona. But when you steal somebody else's to try to be successful, I, I actively root for you to fail. I hate making it sound like I'm complimenting the others because they're all terrible in their own special ways. But Adam Jones basically stealing the shtick of the most popular sports show in Boston and failing to be successful at any point and continuing to be given opportunities because he sounds a little bit like Felger is the most infuriating thing to me about Boston sports media today. I would love nothing more for him than for him to be on, you know, yeehaw radio or be sent to, you know, cover the, you know, Des Moines river Hawks, double a ball. <laughs> Mark, how about you? <laughs> I mean, it's not an easy question at all because you, you like, you think of an answer and then you're like, Oh wait, but there's this other guy. Uh, Oh, Oh, but this this douchebag too. Uh, like, I'd like to see this guy, get, you know, get get his uh, his pink slip, his walking papers. So it, it's difficult to just pick one. Uh, so because of that, I'll pick a couple. Uh, um, but I mean, honestly, John Tomasi is is the first one that really comes to mind for uh, for me. Someone who not only you know lied uh, so horribly, uh, you know ruined the perception of a, of you know the New England Patriots uh with lies that are still perpetrated today um you, you know it, it's it's just maddening that the, the man still has a job in this market um and on top of that like there's this smugness or arrogance about him that the only other person who really has it is Greg Bedard like Greg Bedard has that same type of arrogance and smugness like this incredible level of self-importance that makes zero sense to me uh so yes like someone like tomasi uh is someone that, if i could pick he's number one for me because it's just someone who doesn't deserve to work in this industry i know people who are trying to get into journalism or who are journalists uh, but are uh, you know are lesser known they're trying to make a, a name for themselves in this market and they're doing it the right way and they don't have a platform whereas someone like john tomasi still has a platform to a to a degree, I guess, uh, and does not deserve one. It's maddening to me because there are some people who just want to cover sports because they love it, and you know they, they want to tell great stories. They don't want to you know create uh, you know, create fan fiction. Uh, they don't want to you know just drop hot takes to go viral. They actually want to cover sports. They're few and far between in this market, but they exist. And the existence of people like John Tomasi, Greg Bedard. Jones, uh, the the existence of these people are holding those other th those ones back, and it bothers the shit out of me. Yeah, the, the, both of these are good. I was going to say Greg Bedard, but he can't be fired because he doesn't have a job. So yeah, he can't can't be fired from somewhere where you don't. He's a self employed you know. idiot. <laughs> you know, Ponzi schemes are not jobs. So <laughs> could he fire himself and give himself a severance package? Because that's a very Bedard move. Yeah, take another PPP loan uh, and just give it to himself. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, another, I, I, another racist, um, another racist substitute teacher. Yeah, I wonder if he could get a. Uh, I wonder if he got a severance from the Las Vegas Review Journal. He's already received a pink slip, and it filled us with years of joy. Imagine the Imagine he could have been still at the Las Vegas Journal. All these teams going to Las Vegas now. The Raiders now, possibly the A's. It, it's crazy. 
Just somebody with his finger on the pulse of sports, Greg Bedard, letting himself miss out on that gravy train five years too early. What 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 well, a testament to his idiocy. <laughs> well, my answer, and this isn't this is like you said, Mark, it's a very hard question to think about because the way I'm gonna approach this is who are the people who on a daily basis affect the way the Patriots are perceived, not just locally, but nationally? Who are the people that not just Patriots fans despise, but national media despise because they are assumed to cover the Patriots. Now, those guys are very limited, but they are very high profile. And those are the hardest choices, in my opinion, because if I had my choice, all of them would be gone, But except for my Greece. But I got to go with Albert Greer because, God, it, it's, it's un-fucking-believable how, how much... Yeah, and Jeff Howe can stay as well, but... It's unbelievable how much Albert Breer is, you know, and, and just the other day he was talking about oh, how terrible the Patriots were at past, you know, just the, the idiotic trope about how terrible they were before 1990, blah, 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 which is not true if you, you know, actually paid attention. So, yeah, Albert Breer, because he goes on all these national shows and gets the attention and gets the respect of these national hosts saying, oh, well, you got the source. No, he doesn't. He can't go in the building. And, and oh, you, you've you got the, you know, you've got the coach's ear. I, I hate when they say that. Oh, you got the coach. No, you, no, he doesn't. He doesn't know anything. Why are you interviewing this guy? He's one of the, like we talked about earlier, he's one of the anime writers. He writes crap, and, and yet it's fed as actual news. And, yeah, so he, he, he'd be a guy. If he lost his job, I'd be, I'd be dancing in the streets naked. Well, of course, he'd just go back to living his life as a trust fund kid. Yeah, rooting for rooting for Ohio State and with his menacing uh, capabilities. Yeah, he'd just. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to root for that because I would fear for for those he would menace if he had more time on his hands. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's true. I yeah, pray for the know, women uh, of Ohio. So, yeah, sources and by sources, I mean police reports indicate that he might have a history there, but I won't talk about it. You know, much like. Bedard won't talk about Christian Barmore. Well, there, just just secrets. report it, report it like Breer himself would. My sense is what I'm hearing is he might do something, uh, you know, that that uh, that could be threatening or illegal, uh, you know, if he were to be let go. Yeah, I mean, my sources tell me he has a history in that area, and I don't think it's outlandish to say that a history could repeat itself, as we have learned from any history class per my seventh grade social studies teacher. Could be anybody. Who knows? It could be. It could be. <laughs> All right, guys. So um, hopefully that whetted your guys' whistle of our uh, of our well, hottest takes of of this um, interesting season that we've been uh, we've been prisoners to. Um, but look, it's not that bad. Like I, for me, it's like whatever. If 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 you're if you're a listener of this podcast or the Mothership podcast, then you know it's like it's bad but really i mean should we be complaining that that's why these title that's why it's called entitled weekend because if you if you really feel as though this is the worst it could get come on then go go to one of these other cities and experience it for yourself so 
that's it for us. If you want to <laughs> voicemail us, I guess we'll have to find a voicemail. Um, I, I have to get a voicemail number next time because that actually worked pretty well. Um, I use my actual phone. But anyway, um, if you want to email us, you can email us at entitledweekend at gmail.com. Um, at Entitled Weekend is our Twitter slash X address, as long as that um, piece of crap app is still around. Um, you can at Bill at the Fib 0624. At Mark Vasily 13 is Marks. And I am at Atomic Dog 5150. And until next time, turn off your radio, slugs. <laughs>